Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Alex Jefferson, Garrett Jacobsmeyer, and Joey Nagel will be joining us at some point. Do you guys know what time it is? It's story time, baby. It's story time. Let's go. Trevor's story has signed with the Red Sox. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. This is amazing. I didn't know the answer. I didn't know the answer. I said Red Sox time. That's my bad. Story time. <laughs> it's story time. Um, the Red Sox have made a big splash. They have signed superstar, two-time All-Star Trevor Story to a six-year, $140 million contract. I'm so happy. This, I mean, th- I didn't think they would actually do it. This is like Heim's biggest like move by like $100 million or something. Like He hasn't made anything close to like this big of a move with the Red Sox. And we needed this. Like... Yeah. We were sitting here last episode talking about who we wanted them to get, talking about the options out there. And back in my mind, I was thinking there's a good possibility we get none of these guys based on Heim's track record and kind of what we've been doing. And then we saw Nick Castellanos go off the board. We saw Jorge Soler go off the board. We saw Carlos Correa go off the board. And we're sitting there like, what are the Sox going to do? Are they going to do anything? And then, boom, Red Sox signed Trevor Story. And he's going to play second base, which means Xander stays at short. Xander stays happy, and the Red Sox have probably the best infield in the AL East, if not the major leagues. Well, I mean, the only infield that I would think that would be able to compete with this would be the Blue Jays. Yeah, I was talking about that with my friend earlier today, and I think, I mean, Story Bogart's Devers is just incredible. I know, but like, you got Vladdy, Bichette, they have a good third baseman, Bridget. They just right? got Matt Chapman. Oh, they did? But I'd say Devers is better than Chapman. Bogarts is better than Bichette. And then you're comparing, I don't know. You can't compare Guerrero it's, to It's definitely Dahlbeck, up in but, the air for debate, but it's like top two infield in, Ameri- in the American League. It's incredible. And I mean, the Red Sox, ever since Dustin Majoria got hurt and then retired, have been craving a second baseman. They've Very thrown much. the randomest dudes out there. I mean... Like, we got Ian Kinsler in 2018. Brock Holt was playing some second base. Then we got Christian Arroyo out there. Kike played some second base. Yeah. It's been a mess. Marwin. And just having, like, oh, my God. (laughs) And just so having, like, a consistent, solid second baseman. That's an understatement, solid second baseman. Trevor Story is. He's good at baseball. (laughs) He's he's pretty good at baseball. Pretty good. Um, Yep. When the news broke, I was thinking about second baseman, and I had to think back. It, it really notable guys since Pedroia. It was like Kinsler and, and Nunez, and then no, Nunez, you know, Kike out of nowhere turns into be a great outfielder. Um, which I mean, we, we expected that could have happened, but um, very excited to have a second baseman we can really be proud of. I, I think the signing of Story also might open up the opportunity for Bobby to be moving to the outfield a little bit. I know they said they wanted to try that, but I think like now they have five or six really solid infield pieces that they can use and kind of shuffle around. Obviously you keep Bogarts at short and uh, story at second for the majority of the time, but like, you know, you can move Devers around, you can move Arroyo around a little bit. Like there's a lot of flexibility there. So, you know, it's relieving in the sense that we might not have to watch Jackie Bradley Jr. play every single day. 
Yeah, I think this move has a big ripple effect in a positive way. I think this does a lot for the Red Sox having a, a superstar second baseman because it allows Kike Hernandez to have an, an everyday position out there in center field. And so he was kind of talking about how he's always wanted that. He's always wanted to have a position instead of just moving around all the time. And he's a very solid center fielder, so I like having him out there. And having him as the everyday guy is just perfect. You don't he doesn't have to question where he's gonna play today. He knows center field is my position. This is my ground. Um and then Bobby Dahlbeck, I think I don't think the Red Sox are gonna go out and get a first baseman at this point. I think that's kind of set. So I think it gives Bobby Dahlbeck kind of the message of like, all right, you have a shot here. Prove you're our first baseman. Um we're gonna try you out in left field probably at some times too, because we have Costas coming up. But you're gonna get a shot here. Let's see what you can do. Um and then it obviously, like you said, Alex, provides a lot of flexibility because you don't need to find someone to fill that second base spot. So you can, like you said, move Arroyo around, move all these guys around. Red Sox love having flexibility, and having this guy every day at second base gives you so much flexibility, along with a great player and a great bat in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you can't undersell his bat and just his flexibility as a hitter. I mean, he's he's a great doubles guy. He's hit more than 30 doubles in four of the five full seasons he's played in the majors. He's, you know, a very consistent in terms of being healthy. A lot of the time he hits for power. He hits for good contact. I mean, he's sneaky fast on the base pass. He had 20 stolen bases last year, which is probably, I think more than anybody on the roster that we had, or if not close to the top. So it gives us a new speed element, which we didn't necessarily have in the lineup. Um, And he just like, you know, he had a down year last year, but, you know, I don't, I think that actually benefited us because it, it allowed us to get him for a little bit cheaper than we might've had he been, had he had coming off of one of his best years. Yeah. We're getting him for about 23 million a year, which is not bad. Um, and I think it does help us no, that he did have kind of a down year last year. I mean, coming off of 2019, I mean, when he was an all-star he hit 35 home runs, like he was definitely a guy a guy that like people were thinking, Oh, he's going to be like a 30,000 or $30 million guy. And the fact that we got him for 23 is in my eyes, a steal. And it just like, like you said, there's just such a ripple effect and so much benefit that comes out of having him on the roster. Yeah. I think people like, obviously everyone knows he's a great player, but I think people are overlooking him a little bit underrating him maybe because his 2018 and 2019 seasons were really, really good. He was, again, two-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger during those years. And, I mean, 2020, he was he was pretty good still. He still had an 874 OPS. Even last year in his down year, he had an 801 OPS. So he is kind of set himself up for a bounce-back year, a really good year, especially when he has a lineup where he doesn't have to carry the whole team like he may have had to in Colorado. He has Especially guys around him. Like, exactly. He's guys like Bogarts, Devers, JD to kind of take the weight off his shoulders. And he can just kind of sit wherever he's sitting in the lineup and just smash. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch him hit for the Red Sox this year. Joey Nagel joining us now. Thoughts on Trevor's story. Hi, Joey. Very good. Very good. There you go. Very good. <laughs> I saw a tweet that like converted – his hits uh, and like his spray chart oh, on Fenway Park onto Fenway, and like half the balls that he hits would be home runs. Yeah, he had like forty or something like, homers in that, right? Or like monster doubles, or or like something like that. He plays really well to Fenway Park, really well. 
he he has I'm looking at his spray right now and it's just it's so evenly distributed which is exactly what this team needs it's the opposite of like you know because it balances sweet and it plays into the fact that you know I mean the shift obviously it'll be in play this year but if the shift is kind of mitigated or you know adjusted for next year this is a great guy when there's not like a super like when you you can't really shift against him in any way yeah. Also, and I was looking at the lineup. The monster. I was yeah, looking at the lineup the before we made well. this move, and I was kind of thinking how I wish we had one more kind of big bat in this lineup. I wish we had one more guy to kind of make pitchers shake in their cleats and and wonder how they're going to get out of the inning. And I think Trevor Story is that guy who, again, has the ceiling to be an all-star type player. Like this isn't just a small signing like we've been used to. This is probably. The biggest signing we've made since JD Martinez. Yeah. 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 And I mean, look what happened I mean, that year. I, so <laughs> I will say the only like downside to story is he is a big strikeout guy. He's, but he's not, but the, the thing is, is he's not a three outcome or a two outcome player or a three outcome player. Yeah. He strikes nice. out, but again, he's not like Joey Gallo out there. Yeah. Um, what is your, I mean, yeah. What do you guys think? Of- he's, there's, He's a versatile player. He adds so much in every facet of the game. Um, I was really interested when he first, when it first was reported, he moved over to second base so quickly. I know that was a little bit, what do you guys take on that with Bogarts? And I, I know Bogarts isn't exactly the best defender in the world too. So I know even before when he would speculated him moving, like that was possibly move Bogarts over there. Um, I was just thinking about that a lot. I wanted to hear what you guys thought. Um, first of all, I just want to mention that Trevor Story took less money and moved to shortstop or moved to second base to play for the Red Sox. The Rockies offered him more than 140 million and offered him obviously the shortstop position, but he wanted to play for a team that had a chance to win, and so that's why he's here. Um, but like that, that is a very good point, Garrett. Is how does this work with Bogarts? When I honestly think, I mean, this probably isn't even like a, a hot take. Like I think Trevor Story is the better defensive shortstop. He's, he's not even – I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He was, you know – he's good, but he's not, like, that much better than Bogarts. Story? I saw – I don't really, like, know how to evaluate defense at this point, but I saw defensive run saved. Trevor Story was, like, tied for second best in shortstops with, like, See, plus 23. Outs, Bogarts I'm was negative 18. Out, I'm looking at outs above average, and he's negative 7. I don't even know what that's, like, that is, though. Like, what is that? Yeah, like he misses seven, <laughs> he misses seven more plays than the average shortstop. What does Bogarts miss? I haven't. Uh... Bogarts like honestly isn't that great defensively. No, he's not. Like Story definitely has more range and a stronger arm, but there's also uh, there's question marks around his arm right now. Um, I believe it was injured last year, so maybe spending the year at second base might not be the worst thing in the world for him. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking is, like, this isn't permanent. Like, he signed for six years. I could definitely see a possibility where he plays second base this year and then either Bogarts leaves or Bogarts is like, all right, I'll play third base or second base. Trevor Story plays short. Yeah, it's a like, great insurance policy because if yeah. you can't get a deal done with Bogarts for whatever reason, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, uh, so, I mean, you got a pretty dang good shortstop backing him up. Exactly. So, Devers is your, Devers is your everyday third baseman. I, I just – I don't know. He's gotten better defensively. It's just still a little spooky on that left side of the infield with those two there. Um, I guess I, my thought would be, 
you have the opportunity to move him. Like if you don't see him as a, as a career third baseman and you want to like stick him in his power hitting stature on first base, maybe now you have a chance with Arroyo and guys come not having to play second. I, I'm not sure. Well, this is something I was talking about with a friend earlier and kind of the way that I see it, if I was kind of running things and if things worked out ideally, what I would do is this year kind of keep it how it is. After this, I would try if we get uh, Bogarts back, ideally we do, put him at third base and then we have story at shortstop and then Devers DHs after JD leaves potentially. And then Costas will be playing first base. Bobby's maybe in left field at that point. Royals and at then second. Arroyo's at second or if Nick York's ready by then something along those lines. But I, I honestly don't see a scenario where Trevor story isn't playing shortstop regularly at some point during this six-year contract have you guys talked about arroyo yet no, no. we're gonna get to that um okay arroyo kind can of I, was gonna... just, i just want to shout out the yankees because they gave the twins the cap space to sign um carlos, carlos correa. correa did you shout see what the yankees, yankees did right after story signed big signed move next, big move yep next guest next best guy available Marvin Gonzalez needs no introduction. You know who it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I do want to talk about Arroyo because Arroyo was um, kind of slotted in to be the second baseman until we made this move, and so now he just kind of gets pushed out of the equation. He said he's happy about it because whenever you get a guy like Trevor Story, like that's great for the team. Um, but Joey, has your cousin said anything to you about what this move means for him? Yeah. Um, you know. My cousin, you know, he cares about winning, ultimately, uh, as he should. And um, whether that means coming off the bench or whether that means a potential move to left field, I feel like he's going to be open to either one of those. He said that um, he doesn't he have any that. in-game ex- – Yeah, he, he doesn't have – he said he doesn't have any in-game experience in left field, but, you know, I don't think that's going to be a problem with him. He's got a good work ethic. He's got a good attitude. and He's, he's um, gritty. He's, he's a gritty guy. He gets the job done. I've always come back to, if we can put Hanley out in left field, Arroyo or Dahlbeck can play left field just fine. Oh, yeah, easy. Well, I we tried Arroyo at first base a little bit last year, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't go well. Uh, didn't he get hurt? Yes. He uh, strained his groin stretching. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> so I think left field would be a very good place for him. Well, and I mean, he played well last year. Like, I think, you know, he was kind of overlooked. I mean, we had obviously Kike and, and Renfro kind of having breakout seasons in terms of Edward Dugo. Uh, and obviously, you know, the normal guys hitting well. He, he, when he was healthy, he played well. He hit well. So, I mean, it's obviously you want to keep that bat in the lineup if you can. Look, these are professional athletes. Like, they can play another position. I really don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone makes it. Like, look at Brock Holt, look at Kiki Hernandez, look at Chris Taylor, look at all these guys who can just play any position. Like, if you're athletic as Arroyo and Dahlbeck are, I think they can do just fine. You have problems when you put a guy like Hanley out there in left field, or you put a guy who maybe isn't as athletic or has no kind of fielding ability. Like, Arroyo is a really good fielder. Dahlbeck is too. Like, they can do fine, I think. Yeah. The only thing I think about with like switching positions in the infield is um, 
his shortstop, it's Bogarts. And you gotta, if you're gonna try and test him out somewhere else, in theory, to have him and Story, and Story's gonna play shortstop at some point in the future. If you can test Bogarts out other places, the idea is that you don't want to make him mad and you don't want to have him leave because he's mad that you're gonna That's make the play. big part of it, yeah. So like, well, part. I mean, I think I think there'll be days in the season when when Bogarts gets a day off and we'll see Story play short. Oh, absolutely, think, yeah. You know, and I, you know, if Bogart sees like, you know, Bogarts is a team first guy, obviously. Yeah, I would like to mention it. that Bogarts helped recruit Story to the Red Sox. I saw a report that said Bogarts and Cora both made a bunch of calls to Story trying to get him to be here. Bogarts wanted Story here. He's happy Story's here. This isn't like a drama storyline. Like Bogarts wants Story to be on the Red Sox and he's happy that he is. Like, I don't think it's going to create any issues. It definitely, I don't think, upset Bogarts. Like they've made it clear that Bogarts is their shortstop and Bogarts likes it here. I don't think it's going to be really a big deal. And yeah, Story is going to play shortstop sometimes. Bogarts is going to have some days off. He may get hurt. He may DH sometimes. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll even try playing him at second or third. I don't think that will happen, but you never know. Well, I think it's also worth, you know, remembering that we have a manager who's very good at, you know, getting the most out of his players wherever they are. Like Cora is going to be able to move guys around and they're going to figure it out because yes. he's going to like, it's not like it's that big of a concern. Like it's not like we have someone in the, in the clubhouse who's going to be like just springing it on them. You know, he'll be giving them warning. He'll be helping them get prepared for, you know, a move or a change in wherever they're playing. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing I want to say about the story deal is it, it goes beyond the actual baseball being played on the field. Like, obviously, we're getting this superstar bat in the lineup and great fielder on the field. But it also, as Nathan Avaldi said, sparks the team. Like, this is the biggest move the Red Sox have made in Heim Bloom's tenure. So it kind of shows the players on the team that, oh, yeah, ownership believes in us, believes that we can win, and is giving us support. Um, this is a full quote from Nathan Avaldi. It shows us the front office is dot, dot, dot. We want, what the, what is he saying here? This is the full quote from Nathan Ivaldi. Um, it shows the front office that they know that we want to win. Uh, and then to add another big piece to the organization like that would be huge, like Story. Our lineup is already extremely talented. And then to add another piece, like Story, is only going to make us better. He would mean a lot. Another big bat for us. Like, it, it, the front office making a move like this tells every player on the team that they believe in us. Like, they think that we can win. They think that we're good enough to compete. Um, that's kind of what an issue was at the trade deadline last year, if I remember right, is that Red Sox didn't really make a whole lot of moves, and the team was kind of like, well, they don't really think we can win. Like, I remember seeing some quote from Bogarts kind of taking a shot at the front office. Um, and I this this like this Trevor Story deal could not be any more perfect for the Red Sox, I feel like. It kind of just checks every box and completes a whole lot of things. And the ripple effect of this deal makes so much, so many different parts of the team and the energy better. I mean, it also, it keeps, as good as it is for the Red Sox, it also keeps story off of teams in, in the division, right? I mean, we've seen yeah. throughout this offseason that the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Yankees are willing to spend and that they're trying to get better too, you know, to add a big piece and to take that piece away is a big, is like a, an even bigger win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to the record, Story is a really fun last name to play around with. So that's fun. 
<laughs> uh, end the story on that one. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Moving on to the next chapter. <laughs> Flipping the turn the page here. Um, something that le- this is less fun. Chris Sale's hurt again, guys. Chris Sale is constantly injured, and here he is, gonna miss opening day. Gonna miss. It's a matter of weeks, not days. He's hurt. Gonna miss opening day plus the all the all too familiar question mark of could be next week, but it also could be two months down the line, but it also could be this person says that, this person says that, and then he comes out and doesn't play all that well. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. He has no timetable. We have no clue when we're going to see Chris Sale again. Yeah. Well, this is unfortunate because this is something that was a result of the lockout um, because he wasn't able to uh, talk to team doctors who would have, you know, kind of checked in on him over the offseason and um, probably oh, no, would have man. caught the, the stress fracture in his ribs and shut him down right there. And he'd probably be ready for opening day if there was no lockout. To be fair, I, I, he's very fragile. Think he's just an injured guy. He's yes. just injured. I think he, knows, he knows if he's injured. I think he, he's the one who has the final say if he pitches or not on opening day. I, I think he probably – it's not like someone's telling him he can't pitch. He knows. He got he got hurt. I, I don't know. He probably knew exactly when he pulled it. He probably knew exactly – not pulled it, but I know it's a consistent thing. But you feel it. You feel it, bro. He knew. Yes. What, it's like board. a – what's it, a, a rib cage stress fracture? Yeah. What? I couldn't really wrap my head around it. I, I didn't really know. He got it I'm while not... throwing, I'm pretty sure, too. He was weird about it, too. He got it while he was throwing on his Instagram Live, and he was like, well, that's the curse of social media. Like, no, you're just built like a pencil. <laughs> there, I would say I, I would say it's just a, a what makes him so nasty is what makes him so fragile. And to have yeah. him have such an absurd arm angle and to have him be just so lanky and built the way it is, it makes him deadly, and it also just makes him injured a lot and it's just the way it goes i don't know it's tough he just hasn't really been able to stay consistently good or healthy since we gave him that extension and it yeah makes you question like was he worth the money right now no think back to it we had these same questions at the time yeah it's not like we could have predicted i'm sure we said this whole thing you know just hope he stays healthy i i know it was a pretty good deal at the time too but it was always the get the good deal, hope he stays healthy kind of thing. Guys who are built like that, oftentimes in sports, kind of have these nagging injuries. They, you know, you don't have the muscle mass on you. To, to Anyway. It's really unfortunate, too, after he's coming off of over a year of being out because of Tommy John. You get him back at the end of last season, and it's like, wow, this is really fun. Like, I forgot this guy was on our team. This is awesome. Look at, his, look at that slider. Um, and you're getting excited for what <laughs> – could have been his first full healthy year in a while and here he is hurt again um and it really kind of hurts our rotation because we kind of count on him to be back in that number one slot so now here's nathan avaldi making his third straight opening day start that's good like he's he's good but now that means nick pavetta's now our two what's going on in the back end of our rotation like it it makes you kind of think now do we need to add a rotation piece like are we okay with the rotation we're looking at now without chris sale that rotation being Avaldi one, Pavetta two, and then you got some combination of Tanner Houck, Rich Hill, Michael Waka as a three, four, five. Are you okay with that? I'm not. Nope. I know you guys are gonna have have a good 
idea on this. But the one thing I want to say is that like the organization at this point has got to stop expecting a fully healthy Chris sale. And you got to just understand what the product you have and what you're working with. And you can't base your moves and base who you pick up. If you go out and get a guy based on the idea that he's going to be healthy, you know what you're getting at this point. We have to admit that you're not going to get him for the whole season. So instead of hoping he's going to be healthy and be a slide into rotation, understand what we're working with. And I, I just hope the organization moves from the hope of that to the reality that now we're going to have to change something. Um, yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. That's kind of how they've been. They've been very reactive in terms of they count on not, Chris Sale being healthy. He's not healthy. Not and like, Oh no, what do we do now? Very reactive. I, li- I like that. That's pretty much all it's been you, at this point. You know, you know what you got. Um, Put the fault where wherever you want, but that's what it is. It's he's not going to be healthy the whole time. Yeah, and so I was going to say this when. Uh, go ahead. No, you. Uh, I mean, I was just going to uh, dive into the rotation a little bit. I mean, obviously, Evaldi and Pavetta, we know will be good. Hopefully, Pavetta at um, two, I don't love. Like, I love Nick Pavetta. Oh no, yeah, he's, he's really three, good, yeah. but he shouldn't be a number two. Yeah, he's a three. Um, but I will say, I mean, I've been doing some research on Hauk. Um, do you know he was, uh, he was during the walkout, he was training with Scherzer. That makes sense. Um, you know, similar arm angle, similar mentality on the mound. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, he's been able to develop a third pitch. I think that would add a lot to his game, but you know, if, if he's learning, you know, how to throw that slider from even better for Max Scherzer, like it's going to be hard to hit. I mean, he was hard to hit last year, but I, yeah, I, I guess I, the question is like, you know, can he be like a, an every fifth day kind of guy, like endurance wise? I like how I, I think that he deserves a spot in the rotation. I think being consistently in that spot will help him a lot. I think he has the potential to really break out this year. Um, so I definitely like the, the kind of, potential that he has but michael walker in the rotation no thank you rich hill i don't know what you're gonna get from him like i'm okay with him being in the rotation but i don't think we can count on him a whole lot definitely not as a number three i really think that the red Sox need one more guy we talked about it last episode we were saying how they needed a number three guy i think that's still true a number two to three type starter in the rotation is now even more of a necessity for the Sox. We've been in talks still with uh, the Reds about picking up um, Castillo. Castillo. Castillo, right? Yeah, and we've been talking to who was the A's about Frankie Montas. Yeah, former Red Sox prospect. I'd be okay with either of those guys. Um, I obviously would want Castillo over Montas, but I really think that you cannot go into this season without one more guy for the rotation. This you, there has to be more. Like it's not a want at this point; it's a need. Even when sales healthy, even if sales healthy, you still I feel like need another guy. We were talking about that last week. I, I think the scenario of them waiting and waiting to see and waiting to see like if sale ends up being healthy or waiting to see how the rotation shapes up. It's kind of just why we we know what we're going to get we know we we know sales going to be banged up and we know these guys aren't really that great um we don't have to wait till the trade deadline to patch that hole let's save the 10 games you're going to throw someone out there you don't want to see 
and let's try and win them early. Because <laughs> we know we're going to get this whole season of sale back and forth, question mark guys. God forbid another injury, which is very likely with pitchers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't I don't feel like they have a whole lot of depth in the starter position either. Like, say, say Nick Pavetta goes down. Say even Evaldi goes down, God forbid. What do you have then? Like, that's Evaldi like their worst rotation in the division. Well, and, I mean, the prospect pool isn't super strong at starting pitcher. At least they're none of the guys that are that are good prospects there already. Um, I think the I'm, only one is Josh Winkowski. I feel like he kind of has the potential to contribute this year. But, uh, again, that's a prospect. You don't know what you're going to get from him. And he's the only one, I think, that has really a good shot. There's Connor Seabold, but I don't know. He wasn't amazing last year. And, I mean, you also just have to, like, you got to look at, like, what you're going up against in the division. I mean, yeah, Toronto's throwing out a disgusting rotation. Um, you can't go back to bullpen games. That doesn't work. It especially won't work in a division as competitive as the AL East. Pitching all around has been the Red Sox problem in the past few years. Yeah. I mean, you got to, and like, you know, you make this big move with story. It kind of indicates that you're ready to go in, you know, make a move, try and get somewhere. So show us that like the front office needs to show us that by continuing to be aggressive and pursuing other players. That's exactly what I was going to say, Alex is you made this move to get Trevor story, which kind of signals to everyone we're going for it. We think we have a good team. We're going to go for the division. We're going to compete. Why stop there then? Like you give story 140 million. You're already over the luxury tax. Keep going. Keep going. Like go get you a starter. Go get you some guys. Let's go. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about this, like while we're in the mood for uh, shelling out some money, how about we, uh, how about we slip Rafi a blank check? Yep. Yeah. Your, your weekly reminder, extend Devers. I'm going to say it until it happens. That's Please. all I think about all night and all day. <laughs> Joey has dreams of so, Heim uh, Bloom and yeah. John Henry breaking out the Extend checkbook. Yep. Please, please. Um, yeah, I, I really do think we need a starter, though. The only issue is there's like no good starters left in I free mean, agency. We don't even need a good starter. We just need someone to be serviceable. Yeah, well, we have plenty of assets to trade. Like we, we said do. it last week, we have it's so coming. much corner infield. It's unbelievable. Big our, entire, our entire farm system is is corner infielders, and I'm sure there's a team out there that would love some of them. So uh, you know, I hope Heim is capable of trading a prospect. I feel like Heim's the kind of guy that's like gonna cry if we trade a prospect. But yeah, he's got to do it. He's got to do it. Trade Jeter Downs. He stinks. He does stink. Yep. Um, the free agents left that are kind of significant that I wrote down here. Michael Conforto is still out there. Uh, Tommy Pham is an outfielder, free agent. And Kevin Pillar is a free agent. I didn't know that, but he is. Um, Interesting. I like definitely think that pitching is the priority right now. I still think we need starters. I still think we could use maybe a closer. We need a back end of the bullpen too. Yeah. So I'd put that above another outfielder, but... If we got the time, if we got the money, if we got the whatever, let's get an outfielder too because I don't want to see JBJ every day, um, which we're kind of trending towards right now. Right now, the outfield's looking like you got Verdugo, Kike, and JBJ. Uh, maybe Duran slides in there, but I don't know. I mean, I think we could have. I don't think Pilar will ask for a lot of money, and he enjoyed playing here. I mean, that's like a 
he could be a pretty affordable guy to get on a one, two year deal. Yeah. Duran and JBJ are both lefties. Pilar is a righty. Pilar hits lefties. Well, it makes sense. Um, again, yeah, it's going to be cheap. I don't, I think that could be a good move. If you get a starter, if you get a closer or whatever, um, I mean, if Conforto's cheap, I'd still love to get him. I don't even know. Like, I don't know what the Red Sox are willing to spend right now. If you want to go all in, go get Conforto too. That would make our lineup incredible. Um, but I, moral of the story here, bigger picture, <coughs> Red Sox need to make more moves. We can't stop here. The, <laughs> the story isn't over. Yeah, you can't be satisfied with one chapter. Yeah, you, you got to keep writing more of the yeah, yeah. story. Story, story, story. Um, every time I say story, it keeps activating my Siri. I hate this <laughs> story. I'm hey, story. Every podcast do I, I do, I activate that little person every single time, like six times an episode. It's so annoying. I got to figure out how to Siri's useless. So useless. It's the most useless thing ever created. Like, who even uses it anymore? No, no one. one. I've never no, used my, it. My dad uses it to... Um, oh, old people use it, yeah. To do, like, speech-to-text when, when he's driving. As it's achieving its purpose. Its purpose is to listen to us and gather data and then sell us... Pro- Obviously. <laughs> never mind. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the conspiracy theory episode. That's my bad, yeah. Hey, I, my, like, targeted marketing on my phone is incredible. They, they get me every time. It's insane. I never know purchases I've made because of an Instagram bias. ad. <laughs> yeah. I never know if it's confirmation bias or, or they just like know they're just like able to hit, but it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what are our expectations for Bobby Dahlbeck, who looks like he'll be having an everyday role at first base as of now? He's looked good in spring training so far. Yes, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I know spring training doesn't mean, you know, anything, but... What do you mean, Alex? Obviously, whoever wins spring training wins the World Series, and everyone who performs well in spring training is going to win MVP. Yes. He's he's looked good. I mean, I haven't watched that much spring training. Um, he's batting honest. 500 and has hit two homers, so solid. I think um, the biggest thing that he needs, I mean, if he's going to take his game to the next level. He needs to cut down on the K's. Yes. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully playing with Schwarber for a little bit helped him learn some plate discipline. You know, hopefully that was a little bit of a thing. Um, but if he can cut down on the K's, I think he'll be a good everyday guy. You know, not like a superstar, but like a slightly above average replacement level player. He had a much better season last year than I thought. I was about he- to say. Everyone, everyone painted Dahlbeck as having a terrible season last year, but he had 25 home runs and uh, I believe 80 something RBI while hitting just about 250. Like, yeah, he had 78 RBIs and batted 240 with a 792 OPS. And keep in mind here, he really heated up towards the end of the season too. That's where a lot of this came from. Is he kind of got really hot? um, He did turn it on in the back later on. Yeah. And again, he's 26 well, years old. So. And the only thing was, is um, he did get very hot towards the end of the season, and then he didn't get a single hit in the postseason. Um, but yeah, but like we don't have Mookie, to talk about that. Mookie Betts won MVP in 2018 and had a horrible postseason. So yep. So 
Well, we also have to remember how high Dahlbeck's expectations were last year. Yeah. Um, Bobby Dahlbeck hit 339 in the month of August. Yep. With seven homers, 21 RBIs. So if he just plays like he did in August, we're looking pretty good. Um, another guy I want to talk about here, Joey's guy. I think he's going to have an amazing year this year. Hirokazu Sawamura. Yes. Dude is... I honestly think that he's going to be incredible this year. Like, I think now that he had his year to adjust to the majors last year, he's got nasty stuff. I think this is his year, and I think he's going to shock a lot of people. I want that on the record that I said this. Um, Cora was talking about him and said that he's going to surprise some people, thinks he's going to be really solid for us. And Alex Cora knows everything, so there you have it. Um, and he was good last year, and, like, he was yeah, still wasn't adjusting bad. To the MLB, so like I, I don't see how he can, you know, get worse. He's a fun guy too. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, man. Um, JBJ, whatever expectations for him. I kind of try to keep ignoring that he's on the team again. Um, <laughs> people like him, I guess. Whatever. I mean, nice guy. I like him as a person, player. I'm just very sick of seeing him hit, attempt to hit. Um, but he's back <laughs> and on the team. Get a bucks. Yeah, what do we think? Batting average, two robbed home runs, and I don't know, three. I, mean, gonna, gonna rob- I don't even know if he's going to rob a home run because they're going to probably stick him in left, aren't they? Right field. Oh, they're going to put him in right. So he'll rob some. Diving. I mean, he made a great defensive play in the spring training game the other day. That throw. Yes, he did. He's batting one forty three so far in spring. How did he do last year with the whatever team? Oh, he batted 163. Nice. Yeah, he's just not good. And I stand by that. Not really. Um, Yeah, no. But I really think, like, they'll probably, honestly, I think they'll start out with JBJ, realize that he's bad still, and then put Duran out there. That's kind of what I see. Yeah. I mean, I just, I worry about Duran. Is Duran any better? He has much more potential to be better. Fair enough. Is he better, though? Who's He's the win fastest you more games? human I've ever seen in person. Who wins you more games, Duran or JBJ out in the field? That's a good way to phrase it. JBJ's defense is going to win you games. How bad of a hitter is Duran that we can ignore JBJ's buck 60? Duran is not bad of a hitter. Factor. Duran um, has like potential to be an incredible hitter. Like he, he's the type of guy that I could see peak potential batting like three thirty. He's batting five seventy one in spring training right now. Okay. Right. And he he did hit two fifteen last year with forty Ks. But in I mean, it's his first year. Yeah, yeah, I just. Not all prospects are going to come up and be incredible. Like. Most of the time, they aren't. It takes time to get adjusted. He's been working on his swing in a lot of different ways. Um, And you look at his minor league stats. Again, before he debuted last year, everyone thought he was going to be like a superstar, like the best Red Sox player of all time. So let's kind of slow down here and realize that one bad year doesn't mean he's a bust. Well, and actually, when you look at his 2021 minor stats, even his average was down. Like, I think last year was just an off year for him, majors and minors. I mean, he was only batting 258 in Worcester last year before they called him up. It's not he might have moved him too fast. Back 
So well, I don't know if they moved in too fast. They honestly might have moved in too late. I don't know. I mean, he's twenty five. I don't know. I, I don't look. I'll put it like this. I don't think we have to give up on Duran. I still think that he has the potential to be really good. No, I agree. I just, you know, worry about relying on him in much of a capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we should rely on him. I don't think we need to rely on him, but give him his shot. And I really do <coughs> believe that he has a lot of potential still left in the tank. Like, we haven't seen a whole lot of him yet. He hasn't been given his uh, quote unquote shot. And I think that given that shot, I really think he'll succeed. Um, he may not be as good as we originally predicted him to be, but I, I mean, he'll be better than JBJ. Can we and again, home? and again, again, fastest human I've ever seen. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah. We do have some questions that we can get to. We do? Uh, yeah, I asked for him like 10 minutes before we started recording, and we actually got a lot. So. Awesome. Red Sox Nation's excited for something for once. Thank God. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, Red Sox Stats on Twitter was saying that this is like the most views he's gotten on his tweets since uh, we were playing the Rays. Beat the Rays, yeah. Um, thoughts on Watch's spring training de- debut? Who? Oh, Waka? Yeah. He got um, out. He sure that surprised did. He... Me. <laughs> I have never heard his name said. Waka. It's like the Pac-Man. Waka. Makes more sense. It's like Fozzie Bear from the Muppets. Waka Waka. It's like the Shakira song. Yeah. Those are (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) This guy's John Schribner, though. I think he played a couple games for the Sox last year, and he was not good. No, he pitched one game last year. Oh, Schreiber? Yeah. He's he got used that to pitch fu- for the Tigers. He's bad. Yeah, he's, he's funky. <laughs> I mean, he pitched one game last year, three innings, four hits, one run, five Ks. He just, like, it jumped out to me a little bit because, like, he had four Ks and two innings today. So, are we going like- to see Ort this oh. year? Ort? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Probably not. But, like, we should. I mean, we talked about him. Uh, I remember talking about him on the podcast. I gave him that horrible nickname that we don't need to bring up again. And <laughs> um, we talked about how we wanted to see him. He's 30 years old and not a prospect, so I don't know if we'll see him. But, like, we should. He seems good, right? All right. Next question, Garrett. Sorry. We got distracted. Um, what's your opinion on the true? Oh, what's what's your opinion on the idea of trading Story after the third year of his contract? So stupid. Is there like a, is there like a so far off in advance? Like I can't. Yeah, like what kind of what on. kind of question is that? We just trade for this. Or we just sign the superstar. And like, should we trade him after his third year? No, no. Enjoy uh, him. Yeah. I, I, does anyone know the contract details down enough? Is there like a like an incentive? Just so opt out after the fourth year, and if we there's something where if we we can buy him out for a seventh year, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. He's here That's for a long question. time. You you go buy his jersey. You'll be safe. 
I promise. Don't don't buy like a custom one with twenty seven though. I saw someone do that. Twenty seven's retired. Yeah, come on, idiots. Yeah, idiots. Someone Will Middlebrooks tweeted that he told Story to ask nine for nine or thirty four as a test to see how much he knows. Smart. That's funny. We should play right, a game. Uh, what number is Story gonna wear? Closest um, one wins. Actually, let's I'll actually do that. What was um, he? I'll, I'll write it down. So he was 27, but that's retired. Okay. All uh, right. Trevor Story. I want to know what he wore in like college and stuff. Well, no, 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 no. You just got to get the vibe of the oh, numbers. Just, just guess, Jason. Okay. You also have to think about who already wears what. So I'm going to bring up what people already. That's what wearing. I'm looking at. Okay. He wore 27. What's he can't wear 17. That's a volley. You can't wear two. That's Bogarts. Can't wear seven. That's Vasquez. What about 33? Can't wear no. 72. Veritech. Yeah, I know Veritech. That one's like unofficially. That one's like kind of out of circulation. Fair enough. I think he's going to pick. Wait, is 18 retired, isn't it? No. No, it's not. Beckett wore 18. He should be 18. Okay. Um. No. Someone has eighteen. No one has eighteen. Uh. Doesn't mm. Whitlock. Oh. Whitlock has. Whitlock has. Whitlock has twenty-two. Whitlock has seventy-two. No. He. No. He, he changed. I was just uh, about to pick twenty-two. Um, that ruins you, it. I was gonna. You pick can also remember. Too. You can also think like he. He can ask someone for their number. That's yeah, like not Whit- out. Whitlock just either. got twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, my guess um, is going to be ten. What about? Does someone have twenty three? Twenty three is a good I guess. I think Travis Shaw does, technically, but that my doesn't matter because he's not going to. So that's not right. So okay. we're on the 40, my man, pick's twenty three. My pick's twenty three. Okay, twenty three. That that's a good pick. No. Oh no. Can I change my answer? Okay. Ten. I want ten. I pick ten. I know, but I also picked ten. Okay. All right. It's a good. Approach. I feel like I could. I could totally see. I could see twenty three. I don't well, know. Well, he wore he wore ten in college. Yeah. I just saw that. No high school. Any other guesses? I don't want to change to twenty three. You want to switch? I'll take ten. You can take twenty three. Sure. There we go. Just made a trade. Is JBJ went nineteen. JBJ. Wait, what? Wait, wait. yeah. He also JB, says Sawamura is nineteen. I I know there. Uh, I don't know how that's gonna work. Wait, hold on. But JBJ me... has been wearing nineteen. Oh, that I remember. Sawamura switched his number because JBJ came back and I saw a report on it. But I don't know what his number is now. Let me see. Oh, by the way, Red Sox signed a uh, Hansel Robles back. <laughs> Yay! All right, yeah. Let's keep it moving here. Let's get some more questions. We're good fast. Let's get them. Let's get them. Let's get them. Let's get them. All right. Was that Does English? Story make Nick York a trade candidate? So. No. No. Why would we? Tra- what? Good. What? what? No. He's the next Ted Williams. No. What? <laughs> what? Next question. Uh, we, these are a lot of story questions. We talked about them a lot. Um. Oh, um, what's our lineup look like with Story here? We didn't talk about Batman. Oh, good question. I want to talk about that. 
I, I would imagine he's going to be heading after Kike. Well, that's the question: is do we want him number two, number three? I was number thinking. Four? I was thinking. Kike, Story, Bogarts, Devers, JD, Verdugo, Bobby, Vasquez, JBJ. Yeah. Um, real quick, we'll get back to the lineup thing in a second. Hirokazu Suramura changed his number to 18. Damn it, that's what I said. He can change it again. <laughs> I'll I'll change I'll uh I'll find another number. Just give me a minute. I you really back to the line. lineup thing. I really like Devers, number two. I really, really like Devers, number two. So what I sent to the group chat a few days ago was Kike, Devers, Bogarts, JD, Story, Verdugo, Dahlbeck, Vasquez, Duran, slash JBJ. I like Kike leadoff, obviously. Devers and Bogarts, I like back-to-back. JD, I feel like, is a little bit better of a hitter than Story, so put JD fourth. Then Story fifth is great. Um, Put some speed in the middle of the lineup, too. Verdugo after him and Dahlbeck. Um, I really think that any kind of shakeup between those top five guys is fine, but that's what I would probably go with. But they've also, I mean, last season they were putting JD down in like the fifth spot, sixth spot, so I don't hate that either. Put Story up higher in the lineup. Maybe Bogarts in the four hole. I Again, any really like combination of those guys I think is great. I think they're all great hitters and kind of support each other, so... I'll trust Cora on that one. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, a lot of questions about signing Fam. I don't. Tommy Fam. He's uh, a free agent outfielder. Yeah. No, Man. I know. I just don't know anything about it recently. Like, I mean, I just don't it depends. Think he, I think he's out of the price range based on like the fact that we're like he's not someone that we should prioritize spending a lot of money on, considering we have bigger needs. Well, that's what I was going to say. It depends on the price. Like, I don't think it's, like you said, worth making a huge effort for him if we can get him for cheap. Like, yeah, we need a good outfielder, but I I just don't really see too much of a fit. I also honestly think he's not great anymore. I think he's past his, he's 34. He's, that good he's past his prime. He's 34? Yeah. Jeez. So, I don't know about that. Let me fact check myself on that. Keep going. He hit, yeah, he is 34. He, he just turned 36. 226 with the Padres after he was traded. Yeah, yeah. he's washed up. He's not well, good. Yeah, he, he also, though, walks a lot. Um, a lot of stuff talking about him maybe even moving to first base. Yeah, I don't know about this one as an outfielder. I don't think it fits for the Sox. I, I, I kind of had the same feeling before I did the other quick cool it, search. It's any. not crucial. I prefer uh, Conforto if we're going to get an outfielder. If we're going to spend on an outfielder, I'd prefer Conforto. Yes. If we're not going to spend, give me Mr. Pilar every day. I, I really don't think we need another outfielder. I trust I, – I, I could definitely get behind Arroyo and Dahlbeck and yeah. Duran, even Jackie out there. Like, like, I'm okay with Jackie playing and, like, I don't know. He can, he can play in 100 games, maybe not start 100 games, but – appear in a hundred games for defense start maybe like 60. I don't know. I, just, I don't want to see JBJ, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. Like you don't just trade your starting outfielder Hunter Renfro and throw JBJ in the deal. If you don't plan on playing him like, yeah, we got the prospects, but I think they envision JBJ as playing the outfield. And again, 
like you got Duran who can play and probably will play and the flexibility of JD Martinez could play the field sometimes and you open up the DH spot. You could move Dahlbeck out there, Arroyo, whoever. So I I think it's unlikely the Red Sox sign a outfield at this outfielder at this point. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. All right. Um, most of the questions touch stuff that we've already kind of spoken about. Um, talked about story in the batting order. We talked about story and we talked about Bogart's future a little bit. Um, so I think, Oh, that's what all. about how well do you think story will do at second base? He's never played second base at the major league level before. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, it's an easier uh, transition than moving from second to short. Yep. Yeah. He's got the arm for third base, even like he could play second base. Gonna be fine. I mean, you saw I mean, the Blue Jays convert Marcus Semien to a second baseman. I think he did fine. I you mean, said it earlier, Jason. They're athletes. No, he, yeah, I trust him. He's moving closer to first base. He's gonna be totally fine. Yeah, the throw is shorter. Just give him a little flick, and it's over there. Like you don't have to be. Yep. I know it's not that simple. Honestly, he could he could probably just get the ball and run to first base faster than most people. So, yeah, yeah, I think he'll do fine. And it makes me I just want to say this one more time: so happy to actually have a solid, consistent second baseman. It's great. I'm happy. Been a long time. Um, anything else we'd like to add to the story here? Uh, the book is closed. Okay, go Sox. Um, Trevor Story is going to be in a Red Sox uniform. I hate saying, like, you can't say he's going to be a Red Sox. You just can't. If you say he's going to be a Red Sox, that sounds weird. Yeah, it is Red Sox. You just can't go anywhere with that. Sports writers will actually put it grammatically correct, though he's going to become a Red Sox just to do it. It's weird. Anyway. Trevor Story is going to be wearing Red Sox. Can I say that? Yes. That works. Yeah. His socks will oh, be red, guys. Um, and I, the best part of spring training is when you get a new guy and you see him play for the first time in your team's uniform. That's what I'm going to be looking forward to whenever Trevor Story gets to Red Sox camp and debuts in a Sox uni. That's going to be great. Um, so we'll look forward to that. But until then, please get a starting pitcher. Extend Rafael Devers. And let's just enjoy the fact that we signed uh, one of the big names on the free agent market. So been a while since that happened it's a good good time to be a red sox fan and yes. go you good time to have red sox go yeah. you mass we're gonna put that in there go Sox. <laughs> see you next time <laughs>